Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the Christians at Corinth under the inspiration of God, and he said, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. Uh, I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Two Words for Every Situation. Look at somebody say, two words. Pray with me. God, thank you for your book. God, I thank you for allowing us to be here today in your house, God. And I ask you in Jesus' name to anoint my mouth and my mind, touch my body, God, that I might be able to say things in a clear way that your people would understand. God, I thank you that you love us enough to speak to us, and we ask you now to speak to us from your word by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Is, is, is the heat running? I ain't even started preaching yet, and I got sweat rolling down my back. It's hot up here. Um, does anybody know anyone who in the last two years has had COVID? All right. Does anybody know anybody in the last two years that had a really hard struggle with COVID? Uh-huh. Anybody know anybody who lost their life to COVID? Okay. Now, that see, COVID is on people's mind because the media has done a really good job of fear-mongering fear and causing everybody to be in a panic. They got five-year-olds wearing masks to school when it is proven that there's no statistical number of small children that have ever gotten very ill from COVID and or died. We're talking about a disease that, yes, people have been sick to it. I had COVID and didn't feel good about it. There, pe people have died from it. That, that is horrible and that is tragic. But we're talking about a disease where 99% of the people who had it lived through it, shook it off like water and kept going. Nobody ever panicked about the flu. They weren't making our kids wear masks to school over the flu. They weren't telling you. Uh, I, w I, I had to go get a biopsy from, from a, uh, a, a lump they found in the back of my head this week. I walk in. <laughs> do, uh, oh, no, it was I went to get the stitches out from the, other, the top of my head where, where they, took, they took some cancer out of the top of my head. Um, too many appointments to remember. And walk in, and the dude's like, do you have a mask? I said, you mean one of those four-cent sawdust masks that don't do anything for you? No, I don't have one. He's like, well, I'll get you one. I'm like, bet. And I wear it till I leave. I told you from day one, vax up, mask up, wash your hands, social distance, put, put, a, put, put a rubber suit on yourself, put a space helmet on you, whatever you feel like you need to do to stay healthy. But do not live in fear. You see, I could have asked you the same thing about cancer. We've all known people who've had cancer. We, we, some, some, some people, you know, according to the government statistics, one out of every two men in this country will have cancer in their lifetime, some form of cancer. 
uh, mostly skin cancer because that's the most prevalent. Uh, that's what I had uh, a couple weeks ago taken off the top of my head, and I thank God they took those stitches out. Praise the Lord because that was itching. I couldn't scratch it good. Uh, but one out of two men. So, but nobody is just, they're not beating the drum on Fox News every second of the day trying to get people to freak out about skin cancer. CNN's just not telling people, oh no, seven more people. Every day someone is diagnosed with cancer in this country. Hundreds of people. I could have asked you the same thing about a car wreck. Anybody ever been in a car wreck? Anybody ever known anybody in a car wreck? Anybody ever get hurt in a car wreck? Anybody ever die? We could have went down all that. But, but for some kind of reason, the, the, the powers in this earth have decided, let's freak everybody out, fear everybody out, put them on lockdown and see how hard we can control it. Be smart, but don't live in fear. I want you to think about how much negative stuff is coming at us all the time. Anybody know there's a war going on right now in the earth? Uh, where, where, who, who's fighting in this war? Ukraine and Russia so far. Uh, but crazy dude from Russia already told Finland and Sweden, if you try to join NATO, you're next. Uh, th- and this isn't something like, well, that, that, that's way over there. We don't have to worry about that. Now, the Bible teaches that if your heavenly father is God and the Christians in the Ukraine heavenly father is God, that's your brothers and sisters. See, family in the kingdom of God is not based on biology or melanin. It's based on who lives inside you. And even if they weren't Christian, they're human beings in suffering. And I want you to know, life has, this is going to be profound, get ready for it, life has suffering. I feel a necessity, I feel a mandate as a preacher of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to tell you this constantly because so many churches will not tell the truth because they're not concerned with the truth because they don't fear God for every word that comes out of their mouth in the pulpit. They're not aware, they don't understand what the apostle Paul told the church at Corinth knowing therefore the terror of the Lord we persuade men. They don't understand one day every Christian is going to stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for the things they've done. So instead of telling people the truth in their churches, because I can promise you this, Jesus is the greatest preacher to ever live. Now, if you can't say amen to that, you you, you ought to join Islam. Uh, no, no, no reason to come to a Christian church if you can't understand Jesus is the greatest, the greatest preacher that ever lived. And when Jesus died, he didn't have a church of 75,000 people, 12 houses, 3 jets, 18 Rolls Royces. Had 120 people following him. What am I telling you? Real truth draws some and it drives some. It draws some in and it drives some out. Everybody don't want to sit for real truth. You don't have to look any further than the churches that are drawing the biggest crowds right now. They're not telling anybody life's hard. Live your best life now. They're not telling anybody life has suffering. God wants to bless you. They're not telling anybody, stay in the book and, 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 and don't trust your feelings. Stay in the book. They're telling anybody, if you want it, you can have it. Really? Well, well, well what, what if I want to open up a, a, a large drug cartel on the west side of Jacksonville? Can I have that? 
the, the perversion that is coming from the pulpit today to tell everybody, come to Jesus and all your troubles will go away. How long can somebody stand under that, sit under that type of teaching? I, I, I didn't like that he did it. I thought it was unfair and unjust. Uh, I, I have, uh, personally, I think Creflo Dollar is the best dressed preacher in the world, and I believe he's one of the greatest speakers on, on the planet. I don't agree with his theology, but, hey, dude is smooth. And successful wildly uh, in, in as far as numerical data goes. He had an associate pastor who was in his church for over 10 years. And I guess the guy didn't get a raise or something. He quit and wrote a tell-all book um, about world changers in Atlanta. And he said, we had to find 5,000 new people every six months because after we told them, keep giving and God's going to bless you. Give in your poverty and God's going to deliver you. Sow a seed and God's going to give you double for your trouble. And when they stayed poor, they looked around. We were all rich. They were all poor. They realized this, this gospel was not real. Because if the gospel you're listening to doesn't work, then it's not real. If the message you're listening to does, does not work for Ukrainians and Africans and people from Botswana, if it only works for upper middle class people living in America, driving big cars and living in big houses, it's not a biblical gospel because God's gospel works all around the world. I'm so tired, and that's why I can't do it. I can't listen. I can't listen to big church preaching on the internet. People have asked me, Pastor Scott, who do you think the greatest preacher in the world is? My answer is the same every time. I've never heard of him or her, haven't met them, but I promise you this they're in some tiny little church with eight people going to it, and they are preaching hell hot and eternity long, the holiness of God, Jesus, dead, buried, resurrected, and coming again, and they are going to be rewarded of God greatly because they didn't get theirs here on, their, on this earth. But people have been asking this question forever. Well, if God's so loving, why do bad things happen? And this question is more prevalent today because of the liars on television and the radio, because of the false message coming from mega churches around the world. Come to Jesus and all your trouble will go away. Get, sow a seed right now. I promise you, God told me every seed sowed will either get 30, 50, or 100 fold return today. Where do you see that verse? You're making stuff up. You're trying to make merchandise out of men's souls. You're trying to pervert the truth so you can just have more money. That, that, that's not in the Bible. The Bible doesn't say all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall drive Lamborghini. It says all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer. They're suffering in this earth. Well, Pastor Scott, you're always talking about that. We ain't going to grow a big church. I don't care. I don't. That's why we're not on TV. That's why we're not on the radio. I'm not trying to beg people to come hear the truth. Come if you want to. Now, you know, back, back when I was younger and, and, and preaching hard, I used to tell, I didn't used to tell people, come if you want to. I just tell them, choose Jesus or, or die and go to hell if you want to. Hell's got room for you. The Bible says hell enlarges itself every day. It's, it's constantly enlarging. And people don't want to hear the truth, they, they, they more and more in this generation, they want to 
believe that everything is fine and dandy like hard rock candy for every true Christian. And I was talking to somebody this week because they found this cancer in multiple places in my body. And uh, hopefully this week they're going to uh, stab me right here where the thyroid gland is. And they're going to draw some of that tumor out and test it and tell me what's up with that. Um, but I was talking to somebody this week about uh, Dina Mills. Uh, my biological sister, wave your hand to everybody, Dean, and our church administrator. And uh, she had, uh, a while back, discovered a lump on her breast. And so, being a responsible, intelligent woman, she went to the doctor. And the doctor said, oh, yeah, that's that, yeah, that's a lump. We're going to have to schedule you for a biopsy. We're going to take a piece of that out and, 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 you know, and, and check it out. So she went back to the doctor Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, and they were going to take a biopsy. Uh, like what they just took out of the back of my head right here uh, this, this past week. They did mine on Wednesday, hers on Thursday. And uh, they, they said, okay, we're going to prep you up and, and, and get this biopsy. They, they, they looked for where it was, couldn't find it. Didn't show up on examination, didn't show up on a scan. Hallelujah. So everybody's dancing and shouting, running around. Uh, listen, if this was true, I would have no more commentary. But they claimed they were giving glory, glory to God. And if you know me at all, I'm all for that. I tell, I tell you all the time, the more you brag on God, what? The more he's going to give you to brag on him about. The more you open up your mouth and glorify God, the more blessings going to come your way. What, what did the hymn writer say? The praises go up, the blessings come down. That's kingdom. That, that, that's how God's kingdom works in the earth before, today, and forever. And so everybody was all excited, a supernatural miracle, Holy Ghost power. Woo. See, this, this, is, this is what folk get fired up about. And I'm cool with that. Um, I'm excited when people give glory to God. But one person opened their mouth to me and said, yeah, Pastor Scott, we prayed that tumor right out of her. Well, we did pray and ask God to take it. But what would be your statement for all the people that were prayed for and God didn't take it? See, I remember when my wife died. And people said, well, what did we do wrong, Pastor? She was 36 years old. Uh, we prayed for her to, to live and to not die. We, 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 we spoke life and peace. We, we, we stood in faith. What did we do wrong? And I just can't really get people to understand. Because there's been so much misinformation about one half a phrase in the Bible. The power of life and death is what? Now, the power of life and death is in God. If you read that verse that I just half quoted in the original Hebrew, you, you, will, you will understand that the influence the tongue has is over your thought processes. See, I, I, I could pick anybody in the room out right now and say, you're going to die, to, and some people would run. Oh, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. I can't make Elder Jimmy die in a car wreck today just because I say it's going to happen. Do you understand that much about God? He's got an appointment with God. The Bible says there's appointment of a man once to die after his judgment. There's a day that he's checking out. It's a day I'm checking out. There's a day you're checking out. That's why I've told you when we pray, we must pray in God's will. 
We have to pray for God to have his way. Because if you say, and if you say it to me, I'm going to check you on it. Because God put me in this earth to correct false theology. One of the reasons I'm here, one of the reasons I study for hours every day for the last 40 years is so, so that I'll be able to put Bible to foolishness. If you tell me that you prayed a tumor out of somebody, well, if it didn't come out of them, uh, if you're taking the glory, if you're taking the credit, if you're saying it was because of your prayers, what happens when it don't work? Who's to blame then? God? So if, if, if God does what you want Him to do because you prayed for it, it's because you prayed for it. If God doesn't do what you want Him to do uh, when you prayed for it, it is, is oh, oh, here's the other one. The devil got in the way. What, the devil just tie God up, duct tape Him in heaven? Put a cinder block on him and not let him heal who he wanted to heal. We got to learn. Hear me good. God is in control. Now, I want you to rejoice when God answers your prayer. But I don't want you to take credit for it. The Bible says, touch not the glory of God. The, 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 Bible, the Bible says that God will glorify his name in all the earth. You ought to be praying for good things to happen. See, because here's the deal. God already knew what he was going to do with that mass in her breast. Before she knew about it, before she prayed about it, before she shared prayer requests about it. But even though God knew what he was going to do, he still tells us as Christians that we can let our requests be made known unto him. So you're like, well, Pastor, don't you believe? It? Yes, I believe we should pray for everybody that's sick. And when God heals them, we shouldn't say God healed them because of my prayer. We should say God healed them because he's great and powerful and awesome and we give him praise. And if God doesn't heal them, you know what we should say? God is great and awesome and powerful, and we should give him praise. Why do bad things happen? Listen, I, here's the short answer. Why do bad things happen to good people? I'm not, I'm, I, y'all know, I'm going to have a Bible verse for everything. Uh, I'm not up here to talk about my opinions. I'm up here to declare the truth of God's word. And I can answer that question biblically very quickly right out of Romans chapter 3. Why do bad things happen to good people? Hear me. There is none good. No, not one. There are no good people. But I'm offended. Well, be offended. I mean, but, but, but put the truth in your mouth and chew on it. That nobody is good but God. Now, if God was coming down with cancer, if God was getting in car wrecks, if God, well, then you got to wonder. But ain't nothing bad happening to God. God is forever seated in the heavenlies. He's on his throne. Listen, he cannot be shaken. The Bible says whatever can be shaken will be shaken. I want you to know nothing can unseat God from where he is. And that ought to give you great joy in your life. But here's what we want as human beings, and I get this. We want life to make sense. We want someone to blame when we face hard times. We want to believe that God is good and that he always works things out. And because here's the reality. There is some truth in that. There's a lot of truth in that. But I've told you before, every good lie has to be believable. If you just tell a bold-faced, crazy, out-there lie, nobody's going to believe you. If I told you I drove to Alaska and back on one tank of gas, you're going to know I'm lying. If I told you I got good gas mileage last week, maybe I did. But every lie 
that's going to be good has to be believable with some truth mixed in it. So when people say, well, I know, and I've had people tell me this, because if you know my story, I've been, I've been through some stuff, uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I've been through some stuff in my life. I broke my back twice in the last 10 years, my neck once. Uh, I had two surgical procedures in, in, uh, in nine days in the last two weeks for cancer, back to back. Uh, three different places on my body, they say. I, I mean, I've been through some stuff. And people have told me, well, I know God's going to work it out because you love the Lord. Did God work it out for the apostle Peter? The answer is yes, he did. Just not the way people today think he was going to. I, I, I can't help it, but every time I, I hear somebody say, late in the midnight hour, God going to work in your favor. God going to turn it around. God going to turn it around and around and around. You're just trying to hype people up. And, and, I, and I think about Peter. Jesus told, Jesus, people, if you go to a church right now and they have a prophet prophesying over you, they're going to they're gonna prophesy smooth things to you. They're going to prophesy easy things to you. God has seen. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Cheryl, God has seen your struggle. He's seen your, t- oh, he's seen your tears. And he knows your faith. And your miracle is on its way. That's, that's all prophecy. It's, this is foolishness you see on Facebook. Click your heels three times and God's going to give you $1,000 today. Send this to meme to five people and your miracle's going to come. That's voodoo and witchcraft. <laughs> That's not Christianity. Jesus, when he prophesied to Peter, he said, when you were old, you went where you wanted to. But there's going to come a day where men are going to carry you to a place you don't want to be. And the scripture says, of this he prophesied of his death. And the manner of his death. He, he, Jesus was telling Peter, I'm going to the cross. They're going to kill me, boy. But down the road, you're going to go too. And they're going to kill you too. Now, imagine if the mega church crowd was on there. Woo, loose here, devil. Don't, I reject that in Jesus. Jesus said it. You can't reject it in Jesus' name. He's the one that said, mm, no, the apostle Peter, he loves the Lord. He shall live and not die. He's the head, not tail, always above and never beneath. He blessed and highly favored. God will never touch not my anointed. There's a hedge of protection. Every kind of half phrase people could throw. And when they crucified him upside down, I just know in my mind, there was some, there was some wannabe TV preacher stirring him up on the outskirts. Late in the midnight hour, God going to work in Peter's favor. Don't you fret not nor fear, because the man of God will rise. And he choked to death on his own bodily fluids, and he bled out, and they put him in a hole in the ground. Did it work out for Peter? Let me tell you again. Yes, it did. It worked out for Peter the way the three Hebrew boys like to throw that out at all the races. You ever heard any white people named Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego? Uh, they, they, they told the king, we ain't studying you. We're not worried about you. We don't care nothing about your fire because our God is able to deliver us from this fire, but he will deliver us from you. By life or by death. The Bible says we should live unto the Lord and die unto the Lord. But we only see things working out 
when, when we feel like it's what we want to work out. So I, I, I told you, I got two words for every situation this morning, and I want you not just to hear these words. I don't want you just to learn these words in an intellectual fashion. I want you to funnel every thought you have about God in your life through the filter of these two words. Every day, every situation, every emotion, every obstacle, every good thing. And these words are sovereignty and theodicy. Sovereignty and theodicy. Let's go with sovereignty first. Now, sovereign is a word we don't really use anymore. The only time you really hear the word sovereign used in modern culture is someone's talking about a sovereign nation. Ukraine views itself as a sovereign nation. Vladimir Putin views Ukraine as uh, people who defected from the USSR and still rightful property of Russia before the USSR was broken up. And Ukraine is like, no, we are a sovereign nation. That word sovereign means we're in control of everything to do with us, and we don't take advice from anybody. Same thing's going on. You'll hear about it in news in, in, in the coming months or years. China has a one-China policy that they demand everyone adhere to. We are one country under one rule, and Taiwan is part of one China. And Taiwan's like, nope, not us. We're a sovereign nation. We control ourselves, and we don't have to ask your permission to do anything. I'm going to read you a couple de definitions uh, that I got for the word sovereign. Hopefully, it'll shed some light on it for you. Supreme power or authority. Does that sound like the Lord? If you ever read the Lord in the Old Testament, because the Old Testament was written primarily in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written primarily in Greek, if you ever read the word the Lord, you're going to see some type of Hebrew word with some similar spelling to the Hebrew word Adonai. Adon, Adonai, uh, some type of spelling in there. And what it literally translates to is the sovereign controller. So sovereignty is built in to the Lord's name. And what, what, what God, you, you ought to understand, God is the supreme power and authority. And it's really hard for America uh, to, to deal with because America is steeped in individuality. America is steeped in rebellion and independence. America is, is birthed in, in, into a group of people who I, nobody did nothing for me. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. I worked hard and did it all by myself, to which my response is always easy. Are you telling your heartbeat to write, are you telling your heart to beat right now? Why is your heart beating you're not telling it to? Are you doing something to mix the oxygen level at the right level for you to keep breathing right now? No, God is in control of everything. God is supreme power. And he, listen to what it says. Absolute right to do all things according to his own good pleasure. Mm. So when I say did things work out for Peter, sure they did. See, we, we love to quote half verses in, in, in the church. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, what? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and called according to his purpose. Okay, well, that's the whole verse. But, but, but we only think about half of all things are going to work out, preacher. You know what the Bible says. Romans 8 and 28. All things work together for good. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Yeah, all things do work together for good, for God's good. As God calls good. It was God's purpose for Peter to go the way he went. And hear me good. It's God's purpose for you to be where you are. Every season of pain has a purpose. And people keep trying to run from it. Blame God. How long, oh Lord? Argue with God. Why are these people doing this to me? And then we tell people lies. Preacher tell people lies. Well, you know, the Lord ain't going to put nothing more on you than you can take. I'm the only preacher I've ever heard say this. You read it for yourself and tell me. It's God's sovereign design to put more on everybody than they can take. So everybody will bend their knee to him and recognize him as able when they're not able. If, you could, if he wasn't putting up more than you could take, you wouldn't need him. You just go skipping through life saying, you know, hallelujah. But tough things happen. But they always work out the way God wants them to work out. And sometimes that looks good to us, and sometimes that looks bad to us. we got to learn the sovereignty of God. God is in control. God is the causative agent in everything that happens in life. God causes the sun to go up and, and, and the sun to come down. God causes the seasons to change. God causes life and death. God, God causes every. But I just don't believe God will let anything bad happen. Well, the Bible says that our religion is based on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. As you read the scripture, did anything bad ever happen to the apostles and prophets? It says our, our, our religion is based on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. Anything bad ever happened to Jesus? He, he is a, he, the Bible says he was a man of sorrow. Acquainted, you're bumming me out, preacher. No, I'm trying to get you to see it's not just you. Because I believe this is the devil's biggest trick in life when it comes to this issue. Making you feel like the whole world is against me. Everybody hates me. As if you're the only one. When the Bible already told us the troubles that are in you are in your brethren throughout the world. You have never been through anything somebody else hadn't been through. That's why we ought to tell our testimony everywhere we go. Because God wants to use what he's done for you to help somebody else. The, the King James says that we may comfort others with the same comfort wherewith we ourselves have been comforted with. Tell somebody how God got you off alcohol and let them know he can do it for them. Tell how God kept you alive when, when your 36-year-old wife died from cancer and you felt like your world was falling apart and you couldn't breathe. And, and maybe God will help them through their grief. Acting like it doesn't happen is what the devil wants for you. So sovereignty. I want you to realize God is one causing. Well, I only believe that. Well, you know, I believe Sister Joan's life fell apart because, you know, she backed up from her ministry. Well, how do you know God just didn't have a path for Sister Jones? See, we love to say, uh, we love to quote Jeremiah where God said, I know the thoughts I have towards you. I know the plans I have for, for you. We, we, we love to quote that. Well, if God's got a determined plan for our life, doesn't it include some ups and downs, some hills, some valleys, some highs, some lows, some good days, bad days, happy days, and sad days? Stop acting like the world is falling apart and, and you're confused. Uh, that Peter said uh, not to consider the strange thing concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. 
Life happens. You ought to, you ought to just get that tattooed across your face. Life happens. I, I don't really recommend that, kids. Don't. don't. Well, the preacher said. <coughs> but it happens. How you react to it is largely based on whether on what you think about this word sovereignty. In, in uh, I'll use my sister as an example. Was God in control when she found that lump in her breast? Was God in control when, when that surgeon when that doctor sent her home to worry with a date for a biopsy of a tumor? Now listen, as somebody who's had Right now, they, they took the one out of the top of my head. I still got the one in the back of my brain and the one in my, on my thyroid gland. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I'm just not given to worry. I'm not given to stress, and it's not because I, I'm any better or any worse than anybody else. I just came to grips a long time ago with the fact that God knows what he's doing, and he's going to do what he wants to, when he wants to, how he wants to. The Bible says he's of one mind, and nobody can turn him, and what his soul desires that he will do. God was in control when that doctor sent her home with that bad news. Uh, a little, little freakish out right there, though. She's like, not me. Why, why, why didn't it freak you out? Okay, let's slow all that down and, and just tell the people why it didn't freak you out. Look on that screen, tell me why it didn't freak you out. See, there you go. Did you hear what she said? Whatever path God has for me. Oh, no, we're going to pray God's will into the corner. You can't do that. You can't do that. You got to accept what God's will for you is. And that's why she was able to, some people would have just shut down. They, they'd have went to the pharmacist. They'd have told their doctor, you're going to have to give me some anxiety pills because I, I can't. Whoo, my nerves are shot. Sovereign. If you would just live every life running late for church. What have I told you so many times? Mature Christians, people that really understand the sovereignty of God, pe people who have looked for the miracles of God in the day-to-day -day life, which we all should, uh, when they run five minutes late, they've seen it. And they've testified, and I've heard it. Pastor Scott, I, I was upset. I was running late for church. They, I, I got stuck behind a truck. Uh, he had to offload some sand. It, it had me run so late. But then I realized when I got a little further up the road, five minutes up the road, there was a massive car wreck. And if it had not been for my delay, I could have been in that. You see the sovereignty of God in that? You see the all-powerful control of God in that? You see God on the throne in that, we need to learn to filter everything. If you're having a good day, you ought to understand. God is in control, and he is letting you have a good day, and you ought to thank him for it, and you ought to praise him for it. Well, what is a good day? Well, let me ask you this. I mean, it depends on who you ask. If you ask the Ukrainians, are they having a good day? They're going to say no because the bombs are being dropped on their capital city. But I believe, there, I believe there's a holy woman in Ukraine. If you asked her right now, uh, is she having a good day? She's saying, in the middle of these bombs, my God is in control, and I'm having a great day. <laughs> America has, has just forgot that God is in control, or we only look at it on, on a good day. If you're having a bad day, you still ought to give God praise, and you ought to give God glory. God is in charge of your bad day, and you ought to thank him. What, 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 what James tell what God tell us through? His servant James, count it all joy when you fall into what? Various trials, diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. 
God wants to perfect you. And sometimes it takes a little skint knee, a little bump in the road. That's why some of y'all wonder why, why your kids still need you to pay their light bill when they're 50. Because every time they almost fell, you picked them up. Every time they almost got in a jam, you bailed them out. No, people got to go through stuff. Everybody in this room that knows how to ride a bicycle fell at least once. Not me. I, took, I know. You know. They didn't even hold the back up. I never even had training wheels. I jumped on a two-wheel bicycle at one years old with a diapers on, rode around the block, bought a gallon of milk, brought it home to mom. Sovereignty. Let me ask you a simple question before we go. Who's in control? Who's in control when you like what's happening? Who's in control when you don't like what's happening? Ooh, God is always in control. And here's the thing. His way is right. His way is right. Re remember what they said in the book of Acts when they, when they were talking about shutting down what the apostles were doing. Even the lost people had this much wisdom. They said, let's just leave it alone and let God handle it. Because it's it's if it's not of God, it'll fail. But if it is of God, we will find ourselves fighting against the very God that sustains it. That's why uh, it's not holy, but I just laugh every time one of these people have badmouthed me in this city uh, and, and their church is shut down and they've moved on back to insurance sales. Uh, and God still sustain. We're still feeding people, baptizing people, seeing people get saved, watching the power of God move, seeing marriages healed, bodies healed, tumors vanish. Sovereign. God is always in control. He said that he takes counsel from nobody. He don't, he don't, he don't need our help. This is where a lot of parents mess up. You're letting four-year-olds co-decide with you. Well, what do you think, Billy? Billy's four years old. Billy needs to learn how to do add, adding and subtracting. Billy, Billy still needs to learn his ABCs. Billy, Billy needs to catch up. Put the power with God, and you'll do okay. There's another, there's another word, theodicy. And I'm going to save the rest of this for another time because I, I, I don't, I don't want to be here for another hour <laughs> and a half. Uh, I had COVID. Uh, the end of January, part of February, I had two uh, cancer-related procedures in a nine-day period uh, this month. I still got this little irritating cough. Listen, all this information on the Internet better not be true. They said this irritating, dry, unproductive cough uh, tickling my throat could last three to six months. Woo! I like that look on Nancy's eye. Mm. No. See, now, if, if we were a cult, like some of these churches on TV, we just say, we just all need to gather around, touch and agree. Bind that spirit of dry irritation in pastor's throat. Cast it back into the depths of hell from whence it came. How many of y'all been in churches like that? How many of y'all know the, people, the dude with the coughs was still coughing? Well, you don't believe God's that? Yes, I do. I've seen God heal me. I've seen God heal many people. I definitely believe God is a healer. 
I just know he's in control whether you get yours in this life or in the next. See, I'm like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I know God's a healing deliverer. I know God is going to heal his people. He's going to deliver them. Some people are going to get it on this side. Some people are going to get it on the other side. But if you know you're going to heaven eventually, what does a little bit of trouble in this life matter anyway? What does some lupus matter anyway? What does some diabetes matter anyway? What does some people bothering you matter anyway? If you believe what Jesus said, that he's got a home he went to prepare a place for you who the other word is the theodicy come on victor before i start preaching this i've talked to you about theodicy before it it, it, it comes from two greek words theos meaning god and dk meaning just or right and it, it is it is the branch of theology that sets out to prove that god is right god is just and god is fair even in the midst of suffering. And it takes a mature Christian to believe that. So, so there, there are people in this room who have, have, have been where I've been. They have lost a spouse. Um, I don't know anybody lost a 30-year, 36-year-old spouse that left, left them with a 2-year-old and a 4-year-old alone. But I'm sure there's somebody who had it worse than that. Uh, there are people in this room who have done the unthinkable. And, and, and I remember it. Uh, Christmas Eve, 2001. My little brother died in a motorcycle crash. He's the youngest. The youngest not supposed to go first. If you ever lost a younger sibling, you'll never shake that thought. You'll, you'll never shake that thought no matter how whole, it, it, the devil will keep bringing that up on you. He shouldn't have been the first one to go. He's 11 years younger than me. Heck, she should have went. She's older than me. About 14 months. But it don't always work that way. And I watched my mother have to do what's the most unconscionable thing. And if you've been through it, then, then you share that pain. Parents should never have to bury a child. Nobody wants that. But when these things happen, I want you to understand that God is still good in the midst of human suffering. Don't let your mind get bent up. Well, how could a good God allow people to be starving in Indonesia? People say that in front of me. I ask them all the same question. Can you find Indonesia on a map? Can you spell Indonesia? Well, what, 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 what about... Uh, the native pygmies in Australia. Have you been to Australia? Do, do you know anybody? Or are you just letting things so far outside your realm bother you so you can be bothered? Stop being bothered by things and questioning whether or not God is good. If they drop a nuclear bomb on Jacksonville, Florida today and it wipes out all but four people, the goodness of God has not been diminished at all. The goodness of God is not dependent on how we feel about what's going on. And you need to learn God's in control. Hear this and I'm done. It is what it is. And it is what it is because of God. The reason you're in this place today is because God is sovereign. He determined you'd be here. 
No, I decided to get up again. Oh, really? You just all on your own? Just, you just, just figured it all out by yourself? No. God is in control of every aspect of your life. He said a small bird doesn't fall to the ground without his input. He said, I know it's easier for, it's easier for God on Elder Jimmy than for me. He said, I know the number of hairs on your head. You know, actually, it might, it might be more difficult if somebody was tracking. Because your answer is the same. Mine's changing every day with a sink full of it. God's involved in every small detail. Do you believe that? Do you believe every star in the sky was ordained by God? Do you believe he put them up there, flung them off his fingertips? Do you believe that star, is, that, that sun is where it is because God knew exactly how far away from the earth to keep it so we don't burn up or freeze to death? It's miraculous what God is doing. It is miraculous. I, I rode through the... Uh, uh, a section of town yesterday where there were a lot of azaleas, and I told Seth, man, that makes me so happy to see those azaleas. They, they used to be a commercial for the TPC at Sawgrass Golf Tournament, and they would always say, azaleas in full bloom as we prepare for the TPC. And I told Seth, man, I love to see those azaleas blooming because I know that means the cold weather's almost gone. And I do not like the cold. I'm promising you, I'd rather it be 95 than 55. I like to sweat. I don't like to be cold. But God said, as long as time remains, there'd be winter, spring, summer, fall. God is doing so much. We've got to get past our own pain and say, I will give God glory in every situation of my life. I will honor God. For controlling every aspect of my life. And that's not always easy because, you know, some of y'all got crazy people in your family. They might sleep next to you in your bed. Or maybe that you work with them. I know you've had it because I've had it. And we're all human. Anybody ever had somebody that just loved to try you? Squeeze your last nerve. Just, just irritate. The, yeah. the, Pastor Scott, pray for me. The devil got this person at work just driving me crazy. No, the devil don't have nothing at work driving you crazy. God's allowing you a difficult situation to see if you'll still love him. Glorify him. Not so he'll find out if you love him, but so you can see that you love him. So you can see that even in the midst of this crazy nut job over here in the desk too, I'm still giving him praise. And sovereignty will allow you to hold your head high on a bad day. Theodicy will allow you to still believe that God is good no matter what's going on in the earth. And I want you to see God is good in what you're doing. I've tried to explain it for the last 40 years. People hear the words, but I don't know if they resonate. If God never does anything else for me in my life that's good. He gave me more goodness at the cross of Calvary than I ever could have asked for, hoped for, started to believe I deserved or imagined. Stop believing life's not fair and God is letting you down. 
Start believing in sovereignty. God's in control. The Bible says God's a deliverer. So guess what he's going to do for you? He's going to deliver you. But you got to get that Hebrew mindset. It might be from the fire. Or it might be in the fire. But if you really believe in sovereignty, what difference does it make? Our life here on earth that we try to hold on to so greatly, the Bible says it's just a vapor that appears for a short time and is gone. That's, that's why people used to get excited. People used to get fired. Oh, man, I can remember when I first got saved and I started hearing these hymns, I started hearing these choruses, it just, my heart would just leap. We used to say, I've got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. And I thought, man, I never had much in this life, but I sure got something to look forward to in the next life. We, we used to sing, soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. And I thought, man, what difference does it make? My, ooh, Alabama lost to Georgia. I'm devastated. You can be devastated by that. Be devastated and lost to Clemson. Lakers ain't winning this year. I'm struggling. My favorite team is down. It's rough. It's rough for them Chiefs. This year. You got to be so spoiled with them Chiefs, bro. Them Chiefs. I mean, they had the best quarterback in the league for the last five years. They just win and win and win and win and win. All the Chiefs fans are like, oh, we didn't go to the Super Bowl this year. Give God glory for what He's doing in your life. Recognize He's in control. Whatever your process of pain is right now, I want you just to hear me good, and I'm done. Thank God for it. How am I supposed to thank God? My best friend just died because God said to. One of the things I love most about my mom is the way she raised me. She never gave me an explanation for anything. Anytime I ever asked her a question, hang on, she only had one re reply because I said so. She didn't negotiate with me. She taught me that one person is in charge in our home, and it sure wasn't me. And it was going to be her way because she said it. She didn't want my opinion. She didn't want my brilliant insight. Well, I think we should talk to the children about it. Uh, you should learn how to talk to God and make an adult decision. But she taught me about learning how to value authority and realize that somebody else is in control. Remember this, God is always in control. And if you quit trying to get out of where you are right now, and if you'd embrace your place, God would give you strength for your race. God would give you strength to glorify Him. Oh, man, I think one of the most powerful things is seeing people glorify God in the midst of their storm. Seeing people glorify God on their worst day. And it's okay if your testimony is, I'm having the worst season of my life, Pastor Scott. It, it, it's just going bad for worse. I feel like Tom Cruise in that movie, Officer and the Gentleman, when he walked out to his car, got bad, more bad news and said, and the hits just keep on coming. If the hits keep on listen, if you're going through hell by the acre, hear me good. Go through it. Don't get stuck in it. Oh, that's better preaching than y'all are staring. If you're going through, if you're in a tough season right now, Go through it. But go through it with the praise of God 
in your mouth. Go through it with the name of Jesus on your lips. Go through it with your head looking up, knowing that God is sovereign and that theodicy is real. He's still good no matter what's happening. Because good is what he is. Good is not what he does. Good is what he is. He's a good God. And you ought to just rehearse that every day. I don't understand everything, but I know God is good. Why? We're not a liturgical church. I was born into the Catholic church. And certain liturgical churches do responsive reading. That's even some black Baptist churches do. Anybody ever been in a responsive reading uh, service uh, where, where the preacher will say something and then the whole congregation is supposed to say something back? Let me, let me see if, if there's any good cat, former Catholics in the room. God bless you and be with you. There we go. See, this, this is what this is the response. Um, now, if you read the Psalms, you'll see there was response of the Hebrews. Uh, uh, you, you can see a whole chapter. The, the speaker would say something, and the people would respond, His mercy endures forever. He'd say something else, and they'd respond, His mercy endures forever. If you're going through a bad situation, guess what? His mercy endures forever. His, the mercy of God is on the life of every Christian, no matter what your situation looks like, because he loves you, and he'll take you through it. He's a deliverer, and that's what he does. He's a good God, and that's what he does. Don't get so bogged down in your current trouble that you can't see the future glory. Last thing I'm going to say, and we're going to go. Nobody that has already seen the game is nervous about who's going to win. Some of y'all are big-time sports fans. Oh, uh, Chicago, did they win a World Series in your lifetime or 200 years ago? Yeah? You were on the edge of your seat in those games. How many games did they take? Seven. 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 Oh, se you were on the edge of your seat. You were freaking out. Oh, and you were freaking out. It can't be this way for my cubbies. But if he was to rewatch that game today, wouldn't be the same emotion. Wouldn't be the same level of anxiety. Why? Because he knows the outcome. It, let, me, let me say to you, if you're a Christian, I want you to know your outcome. Hymn writer said, what? Er, be tied. Not sure that makes good sense. But whatever happens. We shall glorify God. I was so excited that my sister got a good report. It was easy to glorify God. But when she got the initial bad report, the proper response was to glorify God for that. Because God has given her many years already. She married the best man on the planet. She raised children that love her, grandchildren that love her. She's had hardship in her life, but she's also had God's goodness in her life. Look for the blessing of God. Count your blessing, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Remember, he's always in control. And his goodness is not dependent on your emotion. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. 
God, I pray that you would make us hugely aware that you do what you want to do. When you want to, how you want to. Make us aware that you are the Lord God by yourself. And besides you, there is no other. You are the King eternal and the Lord God almighty. We are at your disposal. So help us not just to say it with our lips, but to mean it with every fabric inside of us. Not our will, but your will be done. We agree that your will is right, that your will is holy, that you do all things well. And help us, God, to know even when things aren't working out for us, that you're still in control and that you're still good. God, I pray for every person in this room who is hurting. Lord, I pray that you would comfort them. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. You have told us in your word that you are the God of all comfort. So, God, comfort the hurting. Heal the troubled mind. Recover the backslider and save the lost. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.